Happy Monday, folks. It's Easter Monday, and we are so glad to be back with a new episode. First of all, we hope that you are healthy and safe and are thriving despite the circumstances. Um, it's been nice in England. The weather has been really good. So good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been outdoors. Mel, what have you been up to? Um, I've been out on the patio. I've been watering the garden. Um, make sure oh, there's herbs. Yeah, we've got some herbs growing in the garden. So um, I'm trying to keep those alive, to be honest. The banana tree is yeah, dead. Yeah. But um, oh. everything, everything else is, <laughs> as Soph likes to say, thriving. So Everything um, else is thriving. Yes. That's good. <laughs> not yeah. just surviving, no, but thriving. Not just surviving, just thriving, yeah. So yeah, it's been cool. pretty cool. Yeah, I've been spring cleaning, man. Yes. It's like a story of my life. Yeah, I've seen your Instagram I'm, stories. You're, you're kind of Yeah, I'm in. always... <laughs> Throwing somebody else's crap. <laughs> Throwing it out. <laughs> Throwing it out. I like a minimalist lifestyle. It never it's happens. So true. Yeah. My husband is a hoarder, but you know. Yeah. It is what it is, yeah, man. We move. It is what it is. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Mm. This week we are joined by a very, very special guest. Yes, we are. By the name of Stella Kigutanganga. Now, if you hadn't already guessed from the name, we are related. She's my elder sister. <laughs> And she's also a communications specialist, having worked with multinationals, including Coca-Cola, GlaxoSmithKline, and KPMG across 50 countries. Most recently, she has founded Brand Essence Public Relations, which is a consultancy that offers creative and cost-effective communication services to small and medium-sized businesses, special project teams, and special interest entities. So welcome, or Karibu. Karibu is welcome in Swahili yeah. to the podcast, Stella. <laughs> Thanks for joining us all the way from my hometown, Nairobi. Woo-hoo! How are you and how are things back home? Things are great. Things are great. And, and thank wow. you for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm excited to be here. Like I told you guys, it's my first ever in all Welcome. my okay. 40 plus years of living. So thank you for hosting me. It's great mm. here. And the same challenges that you are facing at home with uh, COVID-19 are you know, pretty much what we are also facing at home. Uh, just, mm. you know, not too long ago, our cabinet secretary for health announced that we had 189 positive cases. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. We have lost uh, about, I think, six people, if I'm not wrong, as of uh, yesterday, but mm-hmm. okay. 22 people that have recovered. Of course, mm. you know, they are really urging the public to take the physical distancing measures to maintain hygiene, yeah. to really keep the elderly people out of harm's way. So the same advice, uh, you know, you're getting, we're getting. Yeah. And of course, as you know, in an interconnected world, we are also watching uh, how countries that are going through, you know, are right in the center of the storm mm. are handling mm. it so that we can yes. handle it mm-hmm. better. Uh, you know, I'm sure you can appreciate that the health systems in Africa uh, may not be as well developed as the ones that you would have in the mm. West. And for that reason, then we have to take even higher and more vigilant mm. measures to ensure that, you know, the public remains mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, but I think so far, I must love the government in their efforts. They are really doing well. We have a new cabinet secretary for health. He's not a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but he's an astute communicator. Mm-hmm. And his his method of communicating to the public uh, has really worked well and boded well for him. In fact, better than his uh, immediate predecessor, who only left office a couple of months mm, ago. Lovely. So you know, we are we are sitting here watching and doing our best, and yeah, 
and wishing wow. the world yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely wishing yeah. you guys well. But so glad to hear that your mm. cases are in comparison to other places, especially over here, is quite low. So, you know, yeah. that's very promising. Mm. And yeah, definitely learn from what everyone else is doing. Learn from not necessarily our mistakes. Our mistakes. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't say mistakes, but what we're doing and, and where you can spot things that can be done better. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely you know, a good strategy to have. But um, that is really good to hear and praying that it just continues to remain low and just we can all fight this, really. But, um, yeah, wow. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, you know, so good to have you on here, Stella. Um, As Soph said, Keribu, I know a tiny, tiny bit of Swahili that I picked up in 2014. (gasps) Don't laugh so. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) yeah anyway this yeah so so i know that but um this week we're discussing basically how businesses should communicate during these um sort of like turbulent times with that we faced ourselves in um Mm -hmm. and you know not only big businesses but small businesses people that work for themselves i'm sure there's a lot that we could learn from in terms of you know communications and pr and that kind of thing so it'd be good to have you on here stella just to go through Mm -hmm. that and hopefully we can or learn something from your expertise. So um, we have a couple of questions and I'll just kick things off with basically asking if you could please give an overview of your career to date. Okay, so I am a career corporate communications or public relations Mm. professional uh, and all my expertise has been gained in Kenya, I'm yeah. based in Kenya, in East Africa, but I have worked with multinational companies and therefore I have been exposed to, you know, to what's happening around the world. Mm. Um, you know, you called out mm. a couple of the companies that worked for like yeah. Coca-Cola, GSK, KPMG, you know, those have broadened the scope of my mm-hmm. view. Uh, and so I have had the privilege to, to support uh, different businesses uh, not just in Africa, but also in Southeast Asia. So in my last assignment at GSK, my territory also covered Bangladesh, Cambodia, Myanmar, Laos, and Papua. Wow. Wow. So that's been quite, uh, you know, quite broad. And then, of course, working with the headquarters, as you know, Coca-Cola in, in America. So, you know, I've had an opportunity to interact with that crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also with GSK in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and and of course, you know, we, we met quite a few times when I was, you know, in my business uh, travels. Um, I started off with a PR agency uh, just before I graduated from campus in the 90s, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, in 1999. Hey. And, uh, and then after that, I moved to, to GS, uh, sorry, to KPMG. And from KPMG, I, I was there for five years and moved to Coca-Cola, where I was there for almost seven years, and then left and joined GSK for three years. And uh, in 2019, I took a career sabbatical, mm-hmm. just you know, to take time and reflect on where my career was headed. And uh, at this point, I am you know running my own you know PR consulting, wow. specifically focusing on focusing on small to medium sized businesses. Uh, I consider myself almost like a Robin Hood for communications. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm taking all the skills and the great things that I learned from the big companies mm. in order to help the small companies to be able to have the same impact. All businesses need to communicate. All businesses need a pristine reputation. Mm-hmm. And that small businesses should not overlook mm. that, okay? Especially in a digital mm. world where the whole universe is interconnected. Yeah. So, so that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I hope that... Uh, 
my my influence and my career grows to work in government at some point mm-hmm. and also to to do some you know some of the work in tech as you've seen how just this crisis alone has really shot you know tech into yeah. full view uh you know many people are connecting with their families through you know through platforms like zoom yeah. and skype mm. right they've gained a new meaning and a new importance uh even this podcast we are recording you you know well, you are in the uk yeah. i'm in kenya you know about nine hours yeah. away but we're able to have this conversation and uh, and so technology has really come to the fore and so i'm looking forward to being part of those kinds of companies that are shaping the future that is amazing and you know what i just love your mm-hmm. um analogy of robin hood and that is exactly mm-hmm. why um we're so excited to have you on here because we're just hoping that you can share just a bit of insight into all of this and just to give our listeners some form of insight and knowledge that they can take away from that to apply to their own businesses or their own companies or whatever they need to do in their lives to sort of not only cope with what we're going through, but just in every day moving forward. But I suppose just for not only myself, but also listeners, could you tell us the difference between like public relations and marketing and also what is crisis comms? Okay, so... Marketing and public relations actually sit within what you call the, the, the five or the six P's of marketing. And PR is typically what we have called promotion in that. But mm-hmm. the way I would like to sort of uh, hive it off is to say that marketing speaks to the customer or the, to the consumer directly, mm. while public relations is about speaking and building relationships with the stakeholders, the people who give you in our parlance, we say the social license to operate. Right. The people without whom, or without the people without whose permission, mm-hmm. your business will cease to exist. Mm. Okay. 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 So if you think about a company like Coca-Cola, if I was to give an example, mm-hmm. the marketing team at Coca-Cola speaks to the consumer, the person who drinks the Coca-Cola. Okay. Right. The actual product. But whereas some of the public affairs or communications or PR activity might touch on the consumer, our actual activity is to speak to governments, it's to speak to NGOs, okay, it's to speak to lobby groups Mm -hmm. and people whose activities may hinder, you know, the company's activity to operate. Okay. Okay. Mm. So for example, you would be speaking to the Minister for Finance. Okay, mm-hmm. or, the, or the or the Department of Finance, because they can come up with taxes and some kinds of legislation that could make the product okay very expensive for the consumer, and therefore you're not able to sell. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. Then you may you may also speak to consumers through brand public uh, public relations if you are, for example promoting a campaign so there was one time that uh, coca-cola was you know taking the tour the the fifa world cup on a tour Mm -hmm. of africa they usually do that just before the world cup games the year before okay in that case we would be speaking to media and helping them to you know giving them information and content that helps them to amplify Mm -hmm. the campaign to consumers but through a a reputable uh, medium like a a media channel television your radio and things like that yes so that is the difference now crisis communication is the as the word suggests the communication activity when you take uh, which you take when a company is having an issue a problem or some type of disruption Mm -hmm. which could trigger a negative stakeholder sentiment Okay? okay Okay. So literally, it's the communication that you put out when you're in trouble. Yeah. Yes. 
and as we know right now the world is in trouble yeah oh, okay yeah. there's an acronym i would like to to maybe share with your your readers mm-hmm. okay and uh, this came up a few years ago in some of these you know business conversations you know in the universe mm-hmm. and what they described the world as is using an acronym vuca v u c a okay and VUCA means that we are living in a volatile world. Mm-hmm. We are living in an uncertain world. We are living in a complex world. And we are living in an ambiguous world. Mm. And I think that if you look at VUCA and you just overlay that acronym on top of, you know, coronavirus, you can actually see that all of those things have happened. Yeah, mm. that is so true. Around mm-hmm. the world with VUCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay? yeah. Now, a, a, a crisis can either be generated internally, so it can come from uh, or as a result of an action that the business has taken. So something as simple as a customer complained about your product and you ignored them or you responded in poor form or you haven't made good on that error Mm -hmm. to something as complex and as totally unrelated to your business as the coronavirus. Yeah. Mm. So it could either be from an action within the, the company or the business or an external factor, mm. okay, mm. that has happened on you. This coronavirus has happened on the universe. Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what a crisis is. So people just need to understand, uh, you know, how we look at at crisis okay and there's, there could be so many things including good things like innovation mm. if you think if you look at a company like kodak kodak faced a crisis when smartphones and digital cameras yeah. came out yes in fact let's yeah. start with the digital cameras right mm-hmm. and because they were unable to keep up innovate yeah and pick up they got mm. into a crisis that rendered them out of business yeah. and as we know they, they only exist at the bottom of the footnote of movies uh, from the 80s. Right. Okay. Yeah. And in the photos that are in our mother's album, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and there will be companies even in this season, as you yeah. have seen the way, you know, everybody has just gone digital. Yes. Who will lose Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, so you have like to adapt. Shift. You have to be quick to adapt. Yeah. Yes, it's a very big shift. Yeah. It's a very big shift. Yes. So wow. um, just to pick up um, on that then, um, communication then is clearly at the heart of, and should be at the heart of every institution. Um, So while large companies are possibly better placed in handling communications at time of crisis, maybe because Mm. of their business continuity planning, their innovation, or they have larger teams, um, you being Robin Hood, (laughs) yes, what can can smaller businesses and organizations learn to do, especially Mm. at this time, and even mm-hmm. moving forward, because coronavirus is just a big crisis, but yeah. there will be more to come. So what yeah. can Absolutely. what can smaller maybe organizations do? Okay, so let's look at what what big organizations tend to do. Number one is they bring the outside in, mm-hmm. and bringing the outside in simply means that they are constantly watching for trends or events or shifts in consumer behavior or shifts in policy or shifts in, you know, the geopolitical space that could impact their business. Now, many of us, when the coronavirus story broke out, let's say in January or late December, all thought that this was a China affair and it will just remain there. Mm -hmm. Nobody 
so this thing just ran across the globe like it has. Mm. I think, in fact, in the in the entire world, there are probably only two or three countries that do not have a reported case yeah. mm-hmm. of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. All countries in the world have it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So as a small business, you must very quickly begin to absorb news. Don't just read Guildford News and just confine yourself to Guildford mm. News. Okay? Uh, and I, I just say Guildford because, you know, I'm just looking at a small area. Yeah. Don't, don't just look at your locale. Begin to look out what are some of the trends that are happening, some of the innovations that are happening, some of the things like diseases. Now, everybody's not going to be looking out for the next, you know, the next sneeze, wherever it comes mm. from, and start preparing. Mm-hmm. All right? So learn to bring the outside in and begin to look at global trends. Don't just confine yourself in a cocoon. We are now in a global village that is flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bring the outside in. The second thing that big companies do is that they have made a habit of investing in relationships mm. ahead of demand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, uh, let us assume uh, that I was your neighbor, okay? And I never say hello to you. I don't wish you well over Christmas or Easter. I never smile at you when I'm taking, you know, my walk. One day when something happens in my home, I will be very hard-pressed to come to you for help. Mm, right. Because we don't have a relationship. Yes. And so, whereas, you know, if you're a big company, you can afford to have a large public relations team that's helping you to, you know, to, to manage these relationships. What every business must understand is that building relationships and managing your reputation is the business of business. And therefore, mm-hmm. whether you are running a, a sole proprietor relation, uh, you know, business where you are the only one, okay? Or you have a small team or you have maybe some teams scattered across a town or the country. Each one of those people is your public relations person and they're responsible for building institutional relationships, relationships that outlast the individual's time in the company. Mm, right. Okay? I think if you look back at our parents, they were very good at this. Yes. That is very true. Our parents had relationships and continue to have relationships everywhere. Can yeah. I can I just pause there and just say that actually yeah. Carl and I were talking about this the other day. And well, man, like mm-hmm. even the some of the friendships that we have to date, yeah, are literally yeah. coming yes. from our parents' friendships. And Correct. right now, you know, I'm looking at Carl like I'm like, we got no friends, man. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't have mm. people like who will who have been with us from the beginning and will continue working mm. with us through life to the end where even my daughter can start growing her friendships mm. from there. Correct. Mm. Mm. Correct. That is missing. And that's one thing that big companies do. They invest in relationships ahead of demand. And what is what kind of relationships are these that you're building ahead of demand? You've got to build relationships with your employees. Those are your number one mm-hmm. ambassadors. Yeah. These are the people who advocate for you in a crisis. And now when we're talking about crisis, I don't just mean coronavirus. I'm talking about maybe you have a product issue, you know, you package something and it's yes. gone bad or, you know, something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. They, you build your relationships first with your employees because trust surveys show that employees are more believable than even the CEO of the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so build relationships with your employees. Um, Make sure that you have open lines of communication, that they can come to you, share their concerns, share ideas, share, you know, 
just what they be, they think about the company and how they mm-hmm. want it to grow. Okay. Yeah. And then you have other stakeholders like government. Please get involved in your industry associations. It is very important. No man mm-hmm. is an island. And sometimes an issue that you think you could lobby for uh, as, a, as, an, as a small company and it seems too big might actually become very small if you enter into an industry association and you lobby as a team. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I will, I know, you know, uh, right now everybody's turning to their faith for, for help. So mm-hmm. I will turn to mine I mean, for an example here. They say, the good book says that one person can put a thousand mm. to flight, mm. but two can send mm. legions, which is fleeing. Yeah. So you, there's, there's never an army of one. The army is one plus a group <laughs> of people. Worse. Yeah. It's one cluster of people. Okay. So make sure that you invest in relationships ahead of demand. If you've never spoken to your banker mm-hmm. before, you need to start building relationships mm-hmm. with your bank. Because right now, with the way the economy is going, you might need additional financial support or a kind of a restructure of the financial agreements that you have with your, with your bank yeah. or the facilities that you have with your bank. You need to ma- build relationships with mm-hmm. media. Okay, you need to build relationships with your communities. You need to build relationships with the stakeholders. So please build relationships. Okay. Mm. Now, the, the other thing that also the big companies do is that as much as possible, they try not to shy away from a crisis. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You find that when people are in trouble, they wish just it away. stand there like a deer <laughs> in the headlights, bury their head in the sand mm-hmm. and then wish it away and kind of hope it's going. It mm. will not go. No. In fact, now with social media, you know, being the way it is, yeah. and, you know, it's something will be viral in seconds. I'll give you an example. There has been, within this uh, you know, coronavirus situation, news reports came out of, um, mm-hmm. of China that they were mishandling Africans mm. who are there and, and accusing them of causing a second wave of infections oh. in the country. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. They were mishandling Africans and, who live in China. Okay. Yes. Uh, what has happened basically is that the Africans in China, so people who have had buildings where, you know, African people mm-hmm. are renting mm-hmm. are actually kicking African people out of their homes. And now there are many Africans on the street. Oh my gosh. So you can follow this okay. on, on Twitter. Uh, if you just, you know, uh, press the reverse or the rewind mm-hmm. button on the, on the remote, just a few months ago at the beginning of this crisis, uh, the United, uh, the WHO, actually, mm. to be precise, and China were asking the world not a to call the disease the Chinese the virus, China vi- yeah. Chinese virus mm. or whatever, and to treat people Chinese people, and, and I will use this term because they used it in Kenya to treat Chinese people with um, scientifically and I think with respect or mm-hmm. something like that. And now those tweets have come to haunt them because. In, at least in Kenya anyway, they they picked those tweets up and have now begun to lambast the Chinese embassy right. and the Chinese mm. government to say that only a few months ago you were asking for the world to be lenient yes. with you during this crisis. Why aren't you returning mm. the favor? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it has created a whole snowstorm. And this remember, these are not people picketing or standing outside the Chinese embassy in Kenya complaining. These are people who are making a lot of news yes. on social media. Mm. And as we know that a lot of good change, uh, as well as bad things, have been wrote yes. on social media. Okay? Right. So, so don't stand like a deer in mm. the headlights. Yes. Okay? You need to do something. 
the other thing that people do is that they do not want to communicate in the crisis. They don't want their mm-hmm. voice to be heard. Okay? They think that if they say something, it will make mm-hmm. the matter worse. My principle in crisis communications is that even if the story is not in your favor, mm-hmm. the story must include your yes, comment. Yes, you must have so a voice. So that the reader can decide. You must have a voice yeah, in the story. Yeah. Please say something. Mm-hmm. Don't keep quiet. And please remember that Silence is communication, but it may not be communication mm-hmm. in your favor. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the other thing is to say no comment. Please never say no comment when you're in a crisis. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yes, you should never say that. Because especially when it is a crisis that has been, uh, how do you say, that has arisen from within. Remember we said crisis can either come from within yes. the company or from outside mm-hmm. the company. When, especially it's a crisis that has come from within the company, if you say no comment, it is an admission of guilt. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So you never say no comment. You would rather say at this point, we don't have an answer for that. But if you give me uh, 30 minutes or one hour, I will come back to you with the official position. Or we will communicate the official position later in the day. Yes, yeah. Okay. But you cannot say no comment mm. because, again, you're just standing there like a deer in the headlights and thinking that silence communicates. And I guess okay. it would also give people the opportunity to create their own narrative, comps, there you um, go. their own story, and you won't have the chance to do that if you say no comment. They're, they're speaking on your that, behalf. That is correct. Yeah. So one of the, you know, when we, when we discuss some of the things that people can do, we, we say that nature avoid, nature abhors a mm. vacuum. Right, right. So if you don't fill that space with something, somebody else will fill it. Right. And now you will be playing yeah. catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always best to be okay. on the front foot. Don't mm. be on the mm. front foot. And, and the reason, you, and if you want to be on the front foot, then we go back to our original point, which was, Bring the outside in, observe the trends, then create your own business continuity mm-hmm. plans. You know, these are the what if, what if, then what mm-hmm. plans. Mm-hmm. If this happens, then, then what shall we do? Yeah. Mm. And your plans don't have to be 99 pages. It just needs to be clear that this is the way we will yes. progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing that also companies sometimes do wrong now, now the crisis is active. Okay. And here I will talk about my pet subject, which is Boeing. Okay, companies take long to acknowledge the problem and apologize. Mm. Right. Now, I, I want to bring to, to, to mind and, and, you know, if there are any people listening who lost loved ones in that flight, my sincere condolences to, to you and your family. Uh, but I want to bring in how Boeing handled this issue because last year, mm-hmm. in 2019, uh, in January and March, Boeing had two plane crashes, one in Indonesia and one in Ethiopia. Now, of course, I'll call out the Ethiopia mm-hmm. one, not because it was, you know, th- those deaths were any more significant, but because it brought to bear a challenge that Boeing had known about, okay, with their aircrafts that A, mm. they did not admit. And when the plane crash happened, the first one in Indonesia, they didn't fix it. And when the Ethiopia crash happened, they did not come immediately to apologize and to handle the situation. So as we know, they had input some software Mm. in their aircrafts. uh, And this was because of competition Mm. with Airbus, right? So they were trying to Mm. create a plane that moves 
faster and you know was more competitive than the Airbus and in so doing yeah. they adjusted the you know the engines right placed them somewhere near mm-hmm. the the wings or something mm-hmm. and 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 then included this MCAS uh system right yes the mcas system where the yes, pilot the MCAS, yeah. could not yeah. take charge of the plane right uh, and and we know there was this mm. trend where the planes would just you know begin to gain altitude and after a short time they would crash all right yes mm. so they would crash you know yeah. boeing yeah. apologized or, or appeared to apologize uh you know 23 days after the ethiopian plane crash mm. had happened now, bear in mind that on that plane, for example, wow. there was uh, a Kenyan man mm-hmm. who lost his wife, his mother-in-law, and his three children, his entire family, in that flight. And this is yeah. a man to whom you come mm-hmm. and apologize yeah. 23 days later. And not only do you apologize mm-hmm. uh, from Seattle, when you should be apologizing from Ethiopia or Kenya, because the majority of the deceased were from Kenya, because the flight was coming to Kenya, all right. Not only do uh, you apologize in Ethiopia mm-hmm. or Kenya, you apologize in a boardroom, right? Somewhere in Seattle. Mm. And this boardroom is yeah. dark. You're not even clear. You have no empathy written on your face. There is no remorse for the tragic yeah. loss of life, not just in Ethiopia, but even for Indonesia. That's mm-hmm. in poor mm-hmm. form. And mm-hmm. it reflected very quickly on yeah. their stock price. Because within that period, they had lost yes. several in the in the high twenties, in terms of millions of dollars, and reputation will wow. cost you. Let us be clear about that. Reputation mm. will cost you. Yes, because mm-hmm. reputation is about trust. Yeah. Yes, the trust factor. That's going to say trust. Became yeah. very clear on the stock mm. price. So you must make sure that when mm-hmm. a situation yeah. happens, you quickly step in to apologize, even if you don't have all the facts. At least it will go on record that you said you are sorry. And not just saying you are sorry. How quickly are you working to fix the problem? You must make good on mm. the problem real quick. Yeah. Yes, own up to like it. Like owning up good. to it. Where yeah. restitution needs to be done, then do it. One of the negative stories that appeared mm. not too long after that uh, Boeing incident was the fact that the airline was trying to negotiate uh, with the families on compensation. And it almost seemed like they were trying to go as low as they could. It, I mean, mm. first of all, a human life has yeah, no price yeah. on it. But of you course, cannot yes. be seen then to be trying to, you know, go down to the to negotiate on that. Negotiate. Bad form. <laughs> uh, and I yeah. guess now you yeah. can also see, yeah. you know, if eventually, you know, and then with this corona coming and, and all that and all the drama they have had thereafter, you know, trying to accelerate, you know, trying to accelerate the, the, the return of the, of the Boeing 787 MAX back onto the skies and all the drama that has been involved in that. Now Boeing is actually asking its employees to give them payouts because the business can't handle it now with COVID-19 coming in. So it has just snowballed one thing into another. One thing after another. One thing after another. One thing after another. And, and you know, I think for... Sorry. um, I think many companies think about the bottom line Instead of thinking mm-hmm. about people, at the end of the day, whether it's a robot yes. that makes your goods yes. or whatever, the customer is a human being. You're right. That people must always be at the heart of everything we do. You know, every mm-hmm. at the end right. of every decision is a human being. At the end of every business decision is a human being. At the end of every product is a human being. So you must always mm. begin, as Stephen Covey said, with the end in mind. 
if you begin with the people first, then you will make better decisions in the crisis. If, for example, the, the mm. Boeing CEO at the time, of course, be, with all that drama, he had to leave, right? So if, if uh, Mr., yes. I think his name was Mullenberg, if Dennis Mullenberg had put himself in the shoes of those people who had lost their loved ones and imagined that it was his family that was there or people that he cared about who were in that flight and had mm -hmm. passed away, he would have handled this a whole lot differently. And that is one of the critical yeah. components of crisis communication is empathy. I mean, mm. I must give a lot of credit yes. to, to, to yes. GSK. Uh, in, in my last year at GSK, my last two years at GSK in 2017 and 2018, I was involved in a big change program. Uh, GSK had made a decision mm -hmm. that it would wind up its operations or as they call it, simplify its operations in about 86 mm -hmm. markets uh, across the, the world. 43 of those markets mm -hmm. were in my territory. Right. Uh, and it meant mm -hmm. that uh, there were people wow. in those territories who were going to lose their jobs, including the leadership team of which I was part. It meant that mm -hmm. in some countries like you know Bangladesh, we were going to close entire operations which had existed for about 70 years. GSK has been in Bangladesh for almost 70 years. One of the first industries mm -hmm. uh, in, mm. in GSK, in fact, at, uh, you know, in one of their towns called Chittagong, the, or Chittagram as it's now called, GSK was the first factory that you would see at the gates of the, of the town, okay? Uh, and it mm. was very iconic mm -hmm. for many people. In wow, fact, in okay. that factory, there are grandfathers, their children, and their grandchildren who have worked in that facility. Mm. And so closing down, you know, mm -hmm. a company like that mm. is going to be, you know, quite significant. Bear in mind also that GSK makes a lot yeah. of healthcare products, which are, you know, uh, you know, which are very important in many or critical medicines, right? In many of these uh, countries. Yes. yes. But one yes. of the things that I, I I really enjoyed about this project, as heartbreaking as it was, um was the fact that once the company made the decision that it would have to, you know, streamline its operations in these markets, is that they were going to put people first. And everything after mm. that decision was mm. made became about how can we make this work for the people? In, in many of those markets where they, you know, they, were, they were going to wind up their operations, these are uh, markets where it would not be very easy for people to get jobs after they had left, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. These are not very mm -hmm. strong economies, okay, where people would be able to bounce back quickly. And so GSK made sure that it put together a redundancy package for its employees in those markets. Now, you know, of course, the, the different, like we said, different markets have different economies. So the people in the UK, you know, mm. had their own package, but all the packages that were done were put together in line with local laws. And in fact, they went well over and above the local laws by far. Mm. So they, they, they didn't just do the bare minimum. minimum. They went above and beyond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were thinking they were about thinking how about people how are going to survive. survive after this. So you must yeah. put people at the yeah. heart of it. Yeah. If you do not do that and all mm. you're thinking about is the bottom line, you will find you have a bottom and there's no line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fact. That's a good one. Yeah. Because if we that are going to say one. that our yeah. employees are our most valuable asset, well, you better show it. 
and there's no better time to show it than when you are in trouble. So even now for I mean, companies that, you know, That's now so people true. can't go to work anymore, how are small businesses keeping in touch with their employees? Are you checking on their health and well-being? Forget about the work. Mm-hmm. If you make sure that the people mm-hmm. are okay, the work will get mm-hmm. done. Now, I'm not saying that you should not measure performance. Yes. You should. But please don't be pushing and trying to yes. measure performance when you haven't bothered to check whether this family is okay, whether they have managed to put food on, food on their table, mm-hmm. whether they have any members who, of their family who are infected by the, you know, by the disease. Mm-hmm. You've got to care mm-hmm. about those things first. People don't care mm-hmm. how much you know until they oh, yeah. know how much you care. Ooh, That's I true. like that. And actually, I must comment... Yeah. Um, Carl showed me an email that he mm-hmm. got from work um, on Wednesday from mm-hmm. their CEO. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, where Carl works, it's very high pressured. And of course, because of the virus and all that, guys are having to work like overtime and all that stuff. Um, but he did say um, in his email to all staff, he said, I don't care what deadlines need to be met mm-hmm. or whatever. Take these four days. Like, Stop working. Let nobody touch their computer right. over Easter. Like, I don't want to see That's emails right, flying. I don't want to see. He's like, can you focus on the most important people, which is your family, your friends, make sure you connect with other people because mm. work is only a very small part <laughs> of Absolutely. your entire life. And he was just like, yeah, That's I don't see cool. emails flying. He's not responding to emails. If you must catch up with something, you know what? Wake up early on Tuesday right. and catch up. But do not do any work mm. between this time and this time on, between uh, fr- uh, Thursday at this time and Monday at this time. Wake up early mm. on Tuesday and continue. And, you know, Carl was just like, this is the first time <laughs> an mm. employer has actually told me yeah. to down my tools. <laughs> right. That's nice. Yeah. I know it just instantly, I'm sure that it's, Put, took a weight off his shoulders and you know what for all, mm. for him and a lot of employers I'm sure employees sorry I'm sure what they would do is after this break they will come back energized and think you know what I'm ready mm-hmm. to take on some work Absolutely. because they feel valued I think and that Absolutely. is such I a mean, you have to remember thing. that uh, you know at the end of the day we are not interacting with machines we are interacting mm. with human beings mm. and let yeah. us be clear that the golden rule I agree. applies do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm. That That is a principle yeah. in, in life that will take you very far. As a business, as, you know. Yeah, and, oh, definitely. And, you know, the other thing, you know, maybe the, the final thing to add that the big companies do, or at least they aim to do, that small companies can do, is rapid response. Mm-hmm. You've got to move quickly. I, I mm. remember one time at, at GSK we were... I, I was, like I said, my territory included some parts of Southeast Asia. And so we had an incident in Cambodia where we got word that 27 babies had been vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. these 27 babies who were newborns and had just received their early childhood vaccinations, mm-hmm. uh, some of them had passed away. Mm. And Cambodia is about, oh, uh, and, and this is not, uh, let me just say that this is not uh, classified information. If you Google, you know, and Cambodia news, you will find the article because it did receive media coverage. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what happened is that mm. I, I was responsible for that market because it was a small market. We didn't have a, a public relations person on the ground. Mm-hmm. And they are very, they are yeah. quite a number of hours ahead of Kenya, if I'm not wrong, maybe six. Mm-hmm. And so by the time this issue was at mm-hmm. its height, I was still fast asleep. Mm. 
And and then my boss, who right. was in the UK, was three hours behind me, was in seventh in her seventh dream. Mm. Okay, at least I was getting closer to my to my last mm. dream so that I could wake up, you know. And so when I when I woke up, I found you know <laughs> yeah, emails yeah. and calls and saying this is the problem, you're having a problem. But one of the things that the, the, the team on the ground had done in the spirit of rapid response was they had visited the hospital. Mm-hmm. They had found mm-hmm. out which vaccinations the, the children had received. And thankfully, uh, only one had received a GSK vaccine. Mm-hmm. And that child was alive. Okay. okay. And they, they, okay. They, 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 you know, they had had a health okay. challenge, yes, uh, from the vaccination, arising from the vaccination. But that child had recovered. And the problem was that the, the, the distributor of the of the vaccines had not stored them correctly. Ah. So there was a storage oh, issue. Okay. okay. And you know, vaccines are very sensitive to temperatures. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think there had been right. a storage challenge and therefore it compromised the product and we were able to get ahead of the issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, at the point where we were tackling the issue, it was not a GSK issue. It was a pharmaceutical industry issue. Because clearly, mm-hmm, as we mm-hmm, identified, mm-hmm. the children had received different vaccines. Yes. Okay? Uh, but at the point now where we had the facts, then we were able to craft our communications accordingly to demonstrate empathy to the families of those who had lost their children, to wish the children who were undergoing treatment a, a speedy recovery, mm-hmm. and to also show how we were going to fix the issue. We had identified what the issue is and how we were going to fix it. Yes. yes. So because you must you always, do that. always yeah. show. T- tell the people what you know, okay? Mm-hmm. Make them aware of the situation that you are addressing. Yeah. You need to give regular updates, okay, both to your employees. So we also issued a communication mm-hmm. to our employees and said, if you get a question, this is how you should address it, mm-hmm. okay? And where you don't have an answer, don't speculate. Yes. Send it to one of these people to respond, Okay, we made sure that we got in touch with the Director mm. General of Health. We got in touch with the regulatory authorities that govern the, the healthcare space. We were in touch with the hospitals. Remember, we talked about building relationships ahead of demand. Mm. Because when you need to demand, yes. um, yeah. how do you say, some consideration. And by consideration, I mean giving you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't do something wrong. You have yeah. a relationship where you can build from. Yeah, yes. Okay, you're not just starting from a green field and trying yeah. to plant a tree, you know, tonight and hoping you'll reap some fruit tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Okay, so so right. I hope those those are you know that answers that question. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so much, mm. so much to take from that. Thank you so much, guys, yes. for joining us on this episode of the Life Lately podcast. This is part one. We're also doing a part two, so definitely join us again the following Monday for that. But please do subscribe. It's completely free and it'll mean you'll be the first to know when an episode goes live. Don't forget to also leave a review. It would mean so much to us as it helps us to get discovered. You can also join us on this conversation on Instagram at Life Lately Pods. But until then, we'll be back again with another episode for you on Monday. Take care and thanks for listening. Bye.